0: Adventures in Collecting is about toys, but it might not be for your children, especially if you don't like words like fuck or fuck or. Fuck or fuck Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your
1: mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting Podcast. I'm Eric, and I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture,
2: and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. Dave, we are back. We're back. We're here. We
1: are. We're here. Yeah.
2: We're still doing this. (laughs) We are. I mean...
1: Did you think we weren't? I don't
2: know. I don't know. I'm running out of things to say in the beginning here. It's just kind yeah. of like, you know.
1: I, oh, that's, that's why I've kept it steady for <laughs> like a hundred some odd episodes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's like everybody at this point knows. It's like they see the tile. They know it's coming. So I'm not going to do, do the thing that you're going to tell me not to do. Yeah, don't bury the lead. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. So, yes, of course, uh, you know, as is typical on the show, we have a guest with us today, and we have a, a, a new first-time guest on the show. Uh, just 18 months ago, the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, along with t- this week's guest, announced the launch of the Major Bendy's Wrestling Figure line. Uh, this line harkens back to the days of Just Toys Bendems, and since the launch, they've signed deals with talents such as Dan Howes and Jeff Jarrett, Johnny Gargano, Gangrel, and more, with already uh, many of those hitting market. So joining us this week on the show is Mike Kanick, co-owner of Major Bendy's Kanik. Welcome to the show.
3: Wow. Thank you so much. That is an intro. I would like you to come with me everywhere I go and just say that. (laughs) When when the sliding doors open at Trader Joe's, I want you to say it. (laughs) When I go into the post office, I want you to say it. I want that following me everywhere I go, especially my Tinder profile.
2: Well, the good news is (laughs) is that after this airs, you can take the snippet of the recording and you can do whatever you want to do with it. Like, you could literally make that a reality.
1: Yeah, you can copy and paste it in, like, it's all good.
3: (laughs) I'm going to turn into my ringtone.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's going to go over great. You know what? Save that for date number two. Don't... That's, <laughs> date number two. that's not a date number one thing if you're using it for Tinder. Just, you know, yeah. amongst friends here. <laughs> so uh, thank you again for for joining us on the show. We're excited to to talk Major bendies. But before we get into that, as this is a show about collecting, the first question we ask all of our guests, what are you currently collecting and what are some of your recent
3: pickups? Uh, I mean, I think a lot, like everyone in this community, you just buy so much. I I showed you earlier before we went on air, I have a Power Rangers Lightning collection. I have um, autographed WWF Hasbro's, autographed WWF Retros. I have a Mattel collection. I love what um, Zombie Sailor is doing with Heels and Faces, so I pick up all his stuff. I, I just got the Super 7 Simpsons. Um I love these figures. Um, I think it's one of Super Seven's best products right now. and if Matt and Brian are hearing this, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have their figures as well. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's pretty much what I've been collecting. um uh, I just buy everything really. I, I know this stuff that I'm missing. <laughs>
2: yeah, those those Simpson figures they they're starting to pop up everywhere what, what's your what's your initial reaction do you, do you uh, are you into them?
3: Yeah, I love them. I think it, it's a nice mixture of having the main characters with the side characters, because you need those side characters, and I think the side characters of The Simpsons are cooler than the actual Simpsons. Like, I'm excited for a Duffman.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hank, Hank Scorpio. Scorpio is, like, high on my Hank list. Hank Scorpio, like, yeah. Like, I would love a Hans Molman, or a Hans Jasper Molman. Beardley. I was saying, yes. Burns. Like, those are the side characters that that's the, the way I want to collect those, I think. Who's, I figured it out.
3: Who's Mr. Burns' son's name? Was it Larry, um, who was voiced by Roddy Dangerfield? I want I, that.
1: That would actually be a great I figure. I believe so. Yeah. Or like Herb, Homer's
2: brother. Yeah. DeVito. yeah. They should do like Mr. Plow Homer. Like they did, like the, you know, they did like the the Homer in space. Like, don't make just like a regular Homer out the gate. Make all like the weird, like alternate Mm -hmm. costumes. Like, Dancing Homer would be great. That's the one. Dancing Homer is what I would want.
3: Who? uh, Disco Stew. I want Disco Stew. Comic book Um, guy. Comic book guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like, I like all those old school vague characters. Um, They did it with Necker. Um, I want a Bret Hart. I want a Stanley. Um, I want the Monorail guy.
2: Lyle Landley. Lyle yeah. Landley. Yeah, that would be a great <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we like so we just had uh, Brian Flynn on on the show, and he's Troy McClure. Like that's the kind of stuff that he like he p- called out. Like he wants to do like the weird, like ancillary yeah. stuff.
1: Like it's like oh they're making like Simpsons reaction figures, but it's all going to be McBain. Yeah. like yeah. that's amazing.
2: That's genius. McBain, he'd be another good one yeah. too if they did a you know a, a McBain uh, ultimate.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's effectively just Rainier Wolfcastle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was. Like, yeah, I, so, I'm excited know?
3: for the Duff man because I can do a Pat's blue ribbon. I'm going to do a crack right here. Get that sponsorship deal.
2: There you go. There you go. Take a swig. A ma- major um, PBR making a guest appearance on Adventures in Collecting. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of action figure synergy we're all about.
3: <laughs> is this a crossover episode? It is
2: now. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> so, you're a man of many roles. Um, how did you get into working
3: with collectibles? So, um. I think we've all kind of at one point did our like side hustle of trying to flip things on eBay and stuff. Um, Go to garage uh, sales and find what you can find and just go to like those flea markets and stuff. I I guess it was like a very Gary V thing uh, before (laughs) Gary V. But um, yeah, I was just doing that since I was like 10 years old. But even before that. Um, so I would like go to the flea markets and stuff and buy stuff, and then I would either flip it in school, or um I was actually very really early on on eBay um, as a kid, uh, because my parents just did not know what the hell I was doing, and there was no way to monitor me. Um, but I also got um a hundred bucks from my grandmother for my birthday, and then um, I took that and bought uh, a booster box of Pokemon cards. And um, this was when I was in the third grade. I um, would open up the packs, take out the duplicates, put the duplicates to the side, put them in my school binder, and I would take them to school and sell it to kids. And I was making, um, in profit, after everything I spent, about somewhere between $20 to $100 a week in school in the third grade. Um, to the point where I was brought into the uh, principal's office because they thought that I was a drug mule. (laughs)
2: Oh, God. No, 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 no. I'm just selling uh, pocket monsters.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You mean, what's a Pokemon? Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, they, they just, like, they thought I was a drug mule and they told me to stop. And then, like, a week later, the computer teacher in the school pulled me to the side and was like, Hey, I heard you had like a Pokemon card business. Like, can you show me what you were doing? So, because he like, he wanted to do it. I'm like, (laughs) so strange and stuff. But so I kind of got it early on. And then um, that's, I always knew that's something I wanted to do. And um, I just didn't know how to get into it. Um, I I graduated college with a marketing degree and um, a minor in management. And I, um, that's what I went to pursue, and um, I got a job uh, in Manhattan, uh, very low pay. I was the marketing director of this company that, now looking back at it, I'm like, this was my college. But at the time, it was just like very, it was basically the office. I was marketing paper. I was literally marketing copy paper. And I was like, I need to do something in collectibles. And I started to produce my own comics because I this was at the time when store variants was a big thing. So I partnered up with a, a comic book shop in Jersey City. I paid for the whole run of the variant. Um, it was Amazing Spider-Man issue number seven, I'm going to say, um, with the cover art with Wilson Kevitz. And at the time, I was running a comic book blog. And... Um, so I had the comic book blogs website on the cover and um, I was selling that book at New York Comic Con. I don't remember what, <laughs> everything's just really a blur right now, but um, it did really well, um, but it was just so much work went into it um, and it was so much money that you had to invest. So I kind of just took a break from doing that. Um, and I kind of just focused on my nine to five, I ended up working, getting a job at, uh, one of the top marketing agencies in Manhattan and my client was one of the top pharmaceutical companies and I was just listening to the podcast being miserable at this job thinking this is what I wanted and I, it, it, it sucks. And I was like, this is what I really need to do. I need to go back into collectibles and try to figure out how to do collectibles. So it was really the podcast that really put fire to my ass. And I quickly just went on LinkedIn, typed in um, collectibles, and I applied for the first job. Got an interview the next day. A month later, I was hired. I was hired at Eagle Moss, and I was in charge of the WWE. License and um, through there, um, kind of how I ended up getting connected with Matt and Brian. Um, they were running a pro wrestling tease uh, promotion where if you bought one of their shirts, um, they'll call you to thank you. And I had just got the job at Eagle Moss, and um, I, I told them how I was a fan of the podcast, and. Um, you know, how they really inspired me to chase the dream of collectibles. And, um, now I'm working on the WWE license and I said, you know, I'm going to make sure that we make some figures of you guys. And, um, from there, uh, Matt started following me on Instagram and we started chatting back and forth. Um, so we're just, you know, two, two nerds, just one's a five foot three Hobbit. And the other one is a massive man who needs to eat every two hours.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. No, that, that I mean, that's awesome. And I, I'm sure, like, you know, Matt and Brian, we've had Matt on, on the show in the past. Um, you know, he's, <laughs> it's funny because, like, anybody in the collectibles world who doesn't know Matt sees Matt for what he is, like, obviously on the outside, yeah. right? Like, you know. Yeah, like, they see the character yeah. that Matt is. and you know, as soon as you interact with him and, and we've heard this from literally at, like, whether it's, you know, Jeremy Podower or Steve Evans from Hasbro, um, everybody that interacts with him is just like, he's just a huge nerd that has mm-hmm. the utmost respect for people who are in, you know, industrious, you know, and who are willing yes. to like, you know, be like the, the one thing that I, I, you know, we can all vouch for is that the always ready thing that, is not a bit like he is always yeah. ready for everything all the time. And like, he definitely has that respect for, for people that are, you know, ready to, you know, to, to grab an opportunity. And I, I had no idea, you know, and, and I listen to the podcast, uh, you know, major wrestling figure podcast. It's actually one of our biggest inspirations. It's why one of the reasons why for we sure. started doing this. Um, awesome. but yeah, the, the, the fact that that's how you got in with that phone call is just, that's bravo, dude. Bravo. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, the phone call didn't last that long. It probably was like a minute. Um, but I definitely left some sort of good reputation of my, of who I am, uh, to Matt. Um, I, I, I always teased Vine. I said, I don't think you liked me in the beginning. And now it's like, Vine and I are literally inseparable. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, Yeah, I mean, from there, I kind of, I heard on the show, they were talking about they wanted to make foam fingers. And I said, I know how to make foam fingers. Got the foam fingers made for him in two weeks, dropped to his door. Um, And then he was like, what else can you make? And I go, literally, I'm using the same factories as WWE. (laughs) So whatever you find on WWE Shop, I can make. Um, And originally, I had told him not to say my name, on air because I was afraid that I would get in trouble at my current job. And I also didn't want hundreds of thousands of people messaging me, asking for things to be made. Um, And then one day he just dropped my name and then it just became a thing. Uh, he still doesn't know how to say my name properly. It's Kanek, not Kanek. <laughs> <Kinnick>. Um <laughs> but um, so that's how it, it came to be. I, I you know, I made foam fingers, I made keychains, I made condoms, um, <laughs> literally everything you can think of. And then during the pandemic, um, I had just washed my wrestling buddies and I was putting them on display, and I said you know, this could be something that can be easily made at a low minimum. And I pitched it to Matt and Matt said, look, we'll fund it. You get it made. And I said, yeah, I I think I can get it done. Um, Just give me 500 bucks and I'll get a sample made. And I had a sample made um, in his hands in a week. Uh,
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Incredible. And
3: he was like, he was like, okay. Yeah, do whatever you want now. You're like <laughs> you just trust me.
2: Oh man, that's incredible. So so from so uh from from foam fingers to plushes to all the, the major promo uh items, uh, tell us tell us about how how we got into major bendies. Where did where did where did where did you come in for that?
3: Um so I had just finished shipping out all the, the major buddies. It was our first time doing them. It sold out in a day. I was still, like, new to the whole packing and shipping things. So I had to do 250 orders in a week, and I was stressing. And I was like, how am I going to get this done? This is so much work. Now I can do half that in a day. But um, <laughs> it's... Um, I had finished, and I dropped the last box off to the post office, um, sat down in my toy room, uh, opened up a, a bottle of Bourbon County beer that's like 15% alcohol content. Um, so you get a nice buzz pretty quickly. Um, and I was staring at a, a pile of Vendoms I had just bought at wrestling universe cause they were running a sale for like, I think it was like $5 each all mint on card. And I just picked up everything and I was just staring at it. And I was like, I can do that. That that's, that's the next thing. Cause I knew zombie was working on, um, heels and faces and I didn't want to step on his toes. Um, and I'm happy I didn't because literally everyone is now <laughs> doing the same style figure. Yeah. Um. So, I just saw that pile, and I was like, "I can do this, and this could be cool." Because I think there's a big gap for these in the market. There was a lot of people missing. We didn't get the Gangrel. We didn't get the 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 Biker British Bulldog. The Atom Bomb. There's so many, and there's more that. We've signed. It's in the works. We're just not announcing. Okay. <laughs> we announce when it's on hand. It's a, it's a, a golden rule now. Though, um, so if you go to a live show and you put enough beers into Matt, He'll sell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the <laughs> and, and I get mad, and I start screaming at him. He just laughs at me because I'm just so tiny compared to him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but now we're, so, we're all the way on to uh, Series 3, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, Series 3 is shipping right now. Uh, series 3 is uh, Gangrel with a chase that's bloody. We have Effie, um, Chelsea Green, and Koka Cabana. I have to look at the wall because I sometimes get confused myself of who's in what series.
2: <laughs> it's a it's a that's a wild array especially with uh the the new uh the, the Chelsea Green r- recent developments. Yeah. World uh WWE record holder, Women's World Rumble record holder uh Chelsea Green.
3: She might actually end up being one of the fastest selling uh major bendies that we have. Yeah. Uh, well we had Tyrus. Tyrus Tyrus did an insane amount because he went on his show and mentioned it and the site almost crashed. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he uh he has he definitely has quite a following and you know and Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure the, the Danhausen anytime you put Danhausen on anything, those always sell.
3: <laughs> yeah. Danhausen is we've done I have to look at my wall again. <laughs> um, we I think we've done five Danhausens now. And um Danhausen is just he's one of my Favorite people to work with because he he understands it because he's a collector himself. Um, He understands the brand. He he was an original collector of Bendums, Um, and and he once again he's just he's one of us, so he gets it. So he knows what people will like and what he wants to see himself. So that that cosmic Danhausen was his idea completely
2: that's an awesome colorway yeah
1: and and probably one of the wrestlers with like the most surprising crossover appeal in the sense that people who do not watch wrestling are like that guy's interesting to me yeah i appreciate what he's doing and tell me more about him
3: yeah it's it's insane and his fans um I won't compare them to the Tyrus fans because the Tyrus fans don't understand what a pre-order is. But (laughs) that's a different story. But the Danhausen fans, they want their Danhausen figures right away and um, they always end every word with Hausen. And it's very difficult to read when you're trying to be a polite customer service guy.
2: (laughs) Want my figure housing now? Housing, damn it! Damn it, housing. Yeah,
3: that's yeah. how it means.
2: I mean, the guy's been in
1: the New York Times, like yeah. had yeah. a big profile about him. Like it's the the appeal to him is just like there are friends who are like uh, that. I have they're like you watch wrestling, right?
3: Tell me more about Dan Housing. Yeah, and I'm
1: like okay because he's somebody I enjoy. So
3: I mean, even yeah, if- I actually, had, I'm sorry, but I, I had a friend who was like, oh my god, there's a wrestler in the New York Times. I'm like, yeah. Uh, he's actually my friend, and he's messaged me, and he asked me to get as many New York Times as possible for him. Where did you find that <laughs> uh, the the newspaper? Because <laughs> I need to get them.
2: Yeah, and I mean, think about it too. With him, right? Like you look at the hi- history of wrestlers that have been signed to major companies, even though they're currently healing from like massive injuries. Right? It's like Lex Luger, Brian Pillman. Dan Housen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he is, uh, he is a rare breed and, you know, yeah. And again, another guy who is just like super, super nice, super the nice. the
3: Greatest.
1: Yeah. He, greatest. Uh, and my girlfriend initially only knew of him as the guy on whatnot that I watched while I had my <laughs> broken leg. And she was like, so he's like that all the time. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, like explaining to her and she's like, Oh, that's interesting. And then she came to full gear with me and was like, oh, so this is like a different version of him. And yeah. I'm like, she's like bought into the Dan, Dan Housen mythos. <laughs> the That's
2: Dan right. mythos. <laughs> God, I love being alive in 2023.
1: Yeah. Ugh. So, um, like you were saying, many collectors don't often get the opportunity to understand the process firsthand. Um, so what does it take for a Bendy to go from inception to finished product in hand? And how long does that take roughly?
3: Yeah. So it starts with communication between Matt, Ryan, um, myself, uh, TTD, get some say, um, we're all in a giant group chat and we figure out who's going to be the, the, the person that, we sign next, right? And that can take anywhere between five minutes to two days of us going back and forth with Brodsky saying, no, that's a dumb idea. Um, (laughs) But, like, you know, sometimes we just all don't agree. Uh, Rarely does that happen. I think we're all very usually on point. Um, But... We discuss, we sign. Um, the signings can either take, you know, two minutes for someone to sign the contract or it can take three weeks. It, it really all depends on who the person is. Um, and then it goes into, okay, what gear do we want this person in? And we normally try to decide that before we sign. And then we get images. Um, TTD uses those images then to draw the the art. So he does the concept art. Um, And that takes him... It really depends on how much is on TTD's plate because TTD does literally everything. He's one of the greatest humans in the world and one of the nicest people in the world. It it, will usually take him about two or three days to get it done, Uh, the concept art. Then the concept art goes to our 3D designer. We just got a new 3D designer who, um, he did series three, he did Tyrus. Um, His name is Josh, Um, Josh, whoop, I think I'm saying his last name right. Um, Very nice guy, very talented. So uh, you can hold series one and series three next to each other and you can see that there's a big difference and the face sculpts. Um, So I think Major Bendy's is is becoming a better product as we move forward. Um, So it'll take him somewhere between uh, three to seven days to finish um, a 3D design. And then that goes to uh, China, Um, So then I hand China. this is TDD's art, this is Josh's art, Um, we need a sample made. That usually gets done in about three days. They send me pictures. I say, cool, Um, ship it over. They ship it to me, uh, DHL Express. Takes about another four days. And then I look it over. Uh, I send videos to everyone see everyone's thoughts. If everything is good, um I give China the thumbs up and then it goes into the mold production. The mold production starts, they'll do a pre production sample for me to check everything. So that's a rubber styled figure that's painted with all the decals and everything on it. And then they'll DHL express that to me. So I'll get that like in another three or four days. I give the thumbs up, and then it goes into production. And then the production can take anywhere between two to three weeks. And then it gets shipped on a boat. Before, because we were in a pandemic, and the docks and the containers and everything was a disaster. Um, you didn't know when it was cutting. It, it, you got it when you got it. Yeah, That was it. There's no estimate. Mm-hmm. There's no, no way of figuring things out. So like series 1 was sitting at the dock I think for like 2 months cuz no one was there to unload it. There was also an issue with no employees at the docks to um unload the containers and that's why containers were going from $5,000 a container to up to I think it was the bid they were starting to do like auctions for the containers um and that's what really started these um high prices on goods. It went from $5,000 to, I think, up to $50,000. Um, it was insane. It was just a crazy markup. Um, I actually had Series 1, half airship, and then half um, on the boat. And even airshipping, the prices on that was so outrageous because there was so many people doing it. So a Bendy can take anywhere between three to five months into someone's hand. And now, a word from our sponsors.
2: This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy-Wubsy Toys, a traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey. Chubsy-Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement, searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at 106 Main Street in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at chubzywubzy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you.
0: Hop into a new career with CGC, the world leader in pop culture collectibles grading. CGC is seeking world-class Funko Pop experts to lead a new division dedicated to authenticating and grading collectible toys. This is an incredible opportunity to help build a new grading service in a hot collectibles category. Think you can play the part? Apply today at cgcgrading.com forward slash careers. That's cgcgrading.com forward slash careers.
1: Face it. Shaker bottles suck. Your shakes always come out clumpy and they're a
2: pain to clean. You're right, Dave. That's why I decided to ditch my shaker bottle for good and get myself a BlendJet 2 portable blender. It makes perfectly blended shakes in just 20 seconds.
1: BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease.
2: BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for over 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself.
1: Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go.
2: With an array of colors, patterns, or even Disney-inspired designs to choose from, show off your personality while you're blending up something delicious on the go.
1: What are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code AIC12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping.
2: Breaking news, Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right, they're once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit.
1: From a beard trim to a fresh shave, The technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code AIC for 20% off and free shipping.
2: It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, Dave. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit.
1: Eric, it all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium coated T-Blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face leading to single stroke efficiency. That brings satisfaction one stroke at a time.
2: Kit doesn't end there though. They've created four dermatologist tested formulations for your post trim care. First, there is the beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, and replace natural oils and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's Beard Oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine making you look extra fine.
1: Cap it all off with the Beard Balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look. It also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, a comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress.
2: So what are you waiting for? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code AIC. Manscaped Beard Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths.
3: And now, back to the show.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's always one of those things where when we get people on that, you know, that can speak to the actual manufacturing process. We love to hear it because it's different from, you know, a figure that has multiple points of articulation and you
3: right.
2: know, 3D mm-hmm. face scans and, you know, the, the, like the, the, the special, like, you know, inkjet print applications yep. to something that's, you know, styled differently. Something that's a little more, you know, quote unquote air quote, heavy air quotes, you know,
1: right. simple.
2: But you know, even even still, like you know, people everything's
1: different and volume and all yeah. of this. And
2: stuff. that was the other thing; yeah. like,
1: nothing's the same. Do
2: you have when you when you get the major bendies made? Like, is there a certain like volume that you that you guys have to order in? Is that constantly changing depending on the the talent? Like,
3: um, so in the beginning, we had to order a thousand per style, and since then, a thousand per mold. And now I've gotten it down um, because we do so much now with the factory. They trust me. Um, we pay our bills on time in full. So <laughs> they like me for that. Um, I can now, I have leeway of moving the numbers down. So I, I've cut those minimum orders by half. Um so that gives us the opportunity to do people that we wouldn't have done in the beginning, um, that we didn't think would sell as well, but we still want to do. Um and then, you know, we do the the paint variants. Um once that mold is made, we can kinda of do whatever we want to do. But if it's a it's a complicated figure. The factory likes us to order a higher amount because if it's complicated, take for example Danhausen. Um there's someone who has to retouch that by hand mm. to make sure that it's accurate. And that takes them time to figure out the the correct process. So they're gonna screw up about twenty that they have to discard because it won't pass the quality assurance. Um so the factory is losing money on those. Um, and so it'll, it'll take that 20. So, you know, if I order 100, there's, there's no room for profits for the factory to make. So they want that, that higher number for that reason.
1: So now you mentioned earlier, yeah, you know, one of the first things you guys discuss is what gear um, to put each bendy in. Um, yeah. How do you make those decisions? Like, you know, thinking of, like, the Brian Pillman, where it's ECW Arena Brian Pillman. Um, And you think, like, you know, is that a Brian call? Or is that, you know, where do these decisions come into play?
3: It's a mixture of everything. Um, We take into consideration, is this something that we want to do a repaint of later down the line? Um, do we want to do a chase? Did, um, is there going to be an issue with IP? Um, so we take into all those things. Um, so for like the Pillman, that was a Brian call. Brian is the ECW guru. Um, and he was like, this is what we're going to do this will work. I'm like, okay, your call. Um, And we're having those discussions now with I'll say, well, I think Brian said it on Busted Open already. We're doing more ECW guys. Um, So, um, you you know, Brian just gets final say on all ECW guys. But then if there's someone that we... Are working with and TTD did the gear design for. We kind of just like all right, let's go do this way. It's TTD's work. It's easy. We know it's going to be accurate. Let's go, and we did that with Danhausen, um, and and obviously Matt and Brian and Swaggle because uh, TTD designed all their gears, um. But then there's like guys like Conrad Thompson. We reached out to Conrad and said what would be your signature look? And he explained it to us and we just did exactly everything he said. We have the watch, we have the sports jacket, we have the t shirt, we have the sneakers. Um so and then we also try to think what would be the first of something? Um, So that really kind of goes into our our talent area because we were the first people to do it, Dan Housen. First Conrad Thompson. First person with Jeff Jarrett to say, don't piss me off. Um, (laughs) Yeah. First Nick Gage. Yeah. Um,
2: First Bendy pizza cutter ever. (laughs) First Bendy
3: pizza cutter. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I don't know if there's any other first I mean you put you put yeah. Rick in the, the whole
2: situation with, with Ric Flair's final match, you know, having him in the, the same robe that he was wearing, you know, to that match. Yeah. I yeah. mean that was that was that actually if, great.
3: if you want to talk about time frames, that has to be the craziest thing I've ever done. And I didn't sleep for I think two weeks. I normally don't sleep. I I sleep about two or three hours a day. And it's why I think I'm very good at what I do because I can stay up and talk to China all day and then go to my nine to five job and and then do bendies and major pod stuff. But um, the Vic Flair, Conrad had reached out to Matt and asked if he knew any toy companies that could do a figure for the last match. And Matt didn't want to pitch us at first. Um, and pitched Pro Wrestling Tees uh, microballers. And basically, it needed to get done in less than three months in hand so that Ric Flair can sign them so that they can have it for the show. Pro Wrestling Tees just said flat out no. And then Matt was like, well, we have major bendies. I don't know if we can get it done. Let me ask my guy. M- Matt asked me, and I said, just tell them yes, we'll figure everything out. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Because I was like, I'm not going to turn down this opportunity to do a Vic Flair figure.
2: Oh my God.
3: I just said yes." and he's like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "You're wasting time. <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> um, so basically, I, I told TDD, you need to have this art done by tonight." I passed it on to uh, we had another 3D guy at the time. I was like, I need this done in two days. Cause he was <coughs> he would take some time um, uh to get things done. And I'm like, I need this done in two days, I will pay you extra. And he got it done, sent it to China, and I told China, Look, this is a big opportunity for us. We need this done right away. They had the sample made for us in Two or three days. Um, had it overnighted to me. I quickly approved it. Um, then the pre-production... They sent me the pictures of the pre-production uh, figure for the mold, after the mold was created. And I just said, don't even send it to me. Just start working on it. And... Um, we had the Ric Flair figure... In hand, and I think about a month and a half, Jesus, or two months. And it was just like, I quickly shipped everything to Dawkins because Dawkins, um, the gimmick uh, lawyer, who's actually a real lawyer, um, <laughs> um, had Ric Flair sign everything. So we did it with enough time. I think we had an extra two or three weeks to spare. Jesus, um,
1: that's wild.
3: Yeah. Oh and then like, in between all that ttd was you know designing the the packaging he worked with um Conrad's people to make sure everything was okay and did the trading cards um, but yeah, everything just it worked out really well. Um, is there things that i'm I would have changed if I had the time absolutely um, I think we could have made the figure better, but for the time frame that we were given, I think we did an incredible job in producing a figure, which I went to the last match and they were selling the signed ones there for 200 bucks a piece. And I saw just people flooring to the merch stand, just buying boxes of them. And I was just there with um, Steve from Mattel and we were just like, holy shit and he just like looked at me he was like this is what you did like you should be proud and i go i just want to get blacked out drunk right now cuz i am tired
2: <laughs> i would like to go to sleep that's can somebody can i pay somebody 200 dollars to put me to sleep yes so so you know we've talked a lot about the talent so far and and you know kind of the the overall familiarity with with the line but you know, what a lot of people don't realize, uh, you know, outside of wrestling fandom, you know, wrestlers are so connected to action figures. Like, everybody that becomes yeah. a professional wrestler is so familiar with the world of action figures. They just kind of really go hand in hand. But even in that world, like, bend, bendies, bendoms are kind of in that niche. When you're talking to talent and and you're like, hey, you know, we, we want to make an action figure out of you, have you ever heard of a bendom? Like, like is it is it hard to... Do you think it's like harder to sell them on the idea of a bendem versus like a traditional action figure, or have you not really come across that
3: issue at all? So, <clears throat> I am fortunate to have two of the leaders in pop culture and collectibles in the wrestling business as partners. So, they have years of experience in the locker room, years of experience. Chasing figures, and you know, everyone just trusts them. So, um, when they approach someone and ask them, they will automatically say yes. Sometimes, the, their main concern is uh, what are they getting paid? Yeah, um, but there are guys who you do have to explain a little bit to. Um. I just signed someone uh, a few weeks ago who I had to send a sample to and explain to them what a a Bendy is. They obviously trusted everything I was saying because I'm associated with Matt and Brian. Um. But they didn't they didn't know what it was. Um, but they signed. Um, they were very happy to do it. Um, and then there was there's actually an agency that you have to go through for some of the legends. Um, and I went through that agency with British Bulldog, and it took us Three months maybe to get that deal. Mm. Because they just didn't understand the retro figures and then they tried to pitch me other things that I didn't want to do. <laughs> they had their they had their agenda and I have mine. And, you know, you just gotta stick to your grounds. But um yeah, they didn't know what it was. I I'm still pretty sure they don't know what it is. <laughs> but we got it done.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean ultimately that's that's all that matters, right? Is in the end you're getting a product out there that's that Fits with what you're doing and represents the talent well. So,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, But um, British Bulldogs kids did reach out to Brian, and um, they actually reached. I I saw them at a convention, and they're very grateful for what we're doing. And um, obviously, they know Matt and Brian, and they trust them fully. So, um, like what I said, it, it just it helps that I have these locker room leaders as my partners.
1: Now, one of the things I think is, I would say probably one of the more innovative things that the line does. Um, and you think of like, you know, the Hasbro's, the only way to get the figure out of the package is to basically effectively destroy the card. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think You guys and Junk Shop are the only people that I'm aware of that have done something like this, Mm -hmm. um, where the card is basically something that you can open and close. Yeah. Um, And it's effectively its own protective case as well. Um, So, like, it's its own defender. Yeah. What was the thinking behind doing that?
3: So I wanted something that could be displayed nicely and be signed nicely, but I also wanted the option of it being able to be displayed mock or loose. And um, I did that and I think it just came out great. And and like you were saying with the, the,
2: the kind of different ways to display and the autographs, TTD does such a great job on those card backs that even if you have, you know, like you take the figure out and, and display the figure loose, you can still put the card back back in that, that yep. container and have it signed and yeah,
3: I mean, like I said, with like the packaging being art, being part of the presentation. TDD does an incredible job. I'm holding up our pro wrestling Tees exclusive Macardona that is Ghostbusters inspired. Everything about this is just. Fucking awesome. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really good. So it has the slime, it has the um containment stripe thing, so it's like it, it's just cool. Um and there's enough things enough space in the bubble to get a nice inscription and signature. So um I just got one signed by Matt and he's probably gonna hate me for saying this because now everyone's gonna want one like this. But it's a nice signature on the bubble. And then he put, uh, Busted makes me feel good. <laughs>
2: nice.
1: People are going to want it in red and white. Like, Yeah.
3: Guys, don't ask him to do that, because he didn't even want to do it for me. <laughs> Bust out those paint pens. Get ready.
2: <laughs> Have your paint pens at the ready. Yeah. Red would look good on
1: that, though.
3: I did a green. Okay. On this one. Yeah. I just wanted it to go with the slime. Slime and everything. green. Slime green. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, so with, you know, we've, we've mentioned that the major bendies kind of throw it back to the Just Toys, you know, WWE line. There's, there's nods, there's, you know, kind of that, that act of like filling in the gaps. But are there plans to do um, anything else that the uh, you know that, that line kind of originally had, like two packs or accessory packs, or or even new things like belts or or finally perhaps a, a ring outside of the the uh, the, the oft uh, mentioned uh, uh, prototype ring? Any of that in the works?
3: Um, we don't announce things until it <laughs> ships.
2: Fair enough. Okay. But you didn't say no, <laughs> so
3: we don't <laughs> announce things until it ships. Fine, fine. <laughs> you know what?
2: Actually, why don't we pause for a minute? What, can you finish that beer and then maybe grab another like two, and then I'll ask you that question again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing about be a is... major
2: PBR break where you where you pound take, a couple take... of tall boys, and then we ask you questions and you answer them a little differently, right? That's <laughs>
3: See the thing about me is I can drink all day and I won't tell you shit. <laughs> you take Matt to a live show and you give him two PBRs and he's telling everyone everything.
2: <laughs> you know what, we, we appreciate your stick to itiveness, Kanik. Yeah. It's it's very uh it's it's very admirable.
3: Thank you. I'm a, I'm a kid from Union City, New Jersey. So if you don't know who uh, Joey Diaz is, he's a stand-up comedian who always talks about uh, where he grew up, which is Union City, New Jersey, and he always says uh, the toughest motherfuckers are from Union City, and they will never say anything and won't bat you out, um, and uh, they're all dumb because they throw rocks at each other, and that's basically me. I'm just dumb throwing rocks at myself, um, but I won't say anything. So
2: before before we head into our final question, uh, one last thing to kind of, you know, uh, to to kind of close the the, the conversation here on on the major bendies. But you know, what has been the biggest challenge so far with you know producing the line, and and what's been the biggest reward for
3: you? Um, the Vic Flair was hard. But Matt, I think, is keeping his mouth shut.
2: <laughs> we love you, Matt.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hope he hears this and fucking whips me a new asshole.
2: Uh, <laughs> we're gonna make great. We're gonna make the news section of the uh, of of the, of the of the show. D, D-
3: Freedom's already taken yeah, notes. Great, yeah, great. Yeah, um, D, I know you're listening, so I love you. Um, but I think that the, the hardest thing was, you know, the time strains on Rick's Flair. Getting orders out um, is tough because I'm literally doing everything on my own. Um, Like January 11th, I think it was, we got 11 designs of Major bendies in hand. That's 70 cases of figures um, in my small house that I have to... Bring up to the attic. Each box weighs somewhere between twenty five to thirty pounds. I'm five foot three, zero muscle mass. I legit failed gym twice in high school. I don't. I should not be carrying anything. And
2: aren't you an asthmatic <laughs> too? On top of everything else,
3: I am very asthmatic. I actually took my nebulizer before this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we were we were um, we were chatting about nebulizers uh, pr- prior to like like a, f- a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah.
3: I had it's charging it. There it is right now. The USB C uh, nebulizer. Um, Yeah, so that's tough. Um, You know, it's actually just been fun though doing everything. This is the most rewarding thing I've done because it's a lot of work. But then when it gets to the customer's hands, and I get tagged every day multiple times a day of people who are just happy that they received their order and the happy, how the figure came out. It it, it makes me super happy. And like, it always puts a smile on my face. I can have the hardest, toughest day. And I get one of those tags and I'm just, it gives me joy for like those few seconds. And then I go back to reality and like, "Ah, why is Matt screaming at me? (laughs)
2: Well I think it's time For our our final question So uh, Dave Would you like to fulfill your role as this podcast's James Lipton And ask our final question
1: Why yes I would So the final question we ask Of all of our guests What is your favorite and or strangest piece In your collection It can be one of each or it can be both
3: This is strange um, And I love it so I was always into collecting, always into comic books and action figures. My dad, hardcore, you know, immigrant from Turkey, super tough guy. He was a boxer in Turkey. He taught explosives in the Turkish military. Toughest fucking, baddest motherfucker you'll ever meet. Always just like... Why are you playing with toys? Why, like, he's like the super macho dude, and I'm like, yeah, science and comics and toys, cool. Like, uh, it's just, it's like an odd couple thing, but he's now starting to understand that what I do is cool. But when I was in high school, I was, I think, a senior in high school we lived in a very large building complex and um, we had like a a room where you'd have to go throw out your trash. Right. Um, And someone had thrown out an autographed Stanley cell from the animated Spider-Man cartoon series. And for some strange reason, he just had the foresight to grab it and he brought it up and he says, what is this? Is this worth any money? It has that old man that you like on it, because <laughs> it's like a COA. Yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah. And a, like a photo of Stanley signing it too. Um, and I was like, oh my god! And like, I quickly cracked the frame, got it reframed, um, and I still have it. And that's one of the coolest things that I have because it's like a gift from my dad, even though he didn't buy it for me. Um, it's, but he just.
2: The next time somebody says that the phrase one, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Like you yeah. literally, yeah. You, you have, have that, example. you you have it, you have a real life example of
3: that. Yeah. Um, I have that. And then, um, I actually got to meet Stanley a few times and talk to him. Um, so I have a CGC. Uh, issue number one of Spider Man that from when they redid um the Spider Man series. So th- that slab. And then so that's together. And then um I, I ended up actually becoming kinda cool friends with uh Jason David Frank
0: mm.
3: um through a mutual friend. And um he he would like invite me to like hang out with him when he was doing autograph signings. Um and he would gift me all these things because he just knew I was a big Power Rangers fan. Um so I have a lot of stuff that he gifted me that I won't sell um ever. Um so like I have a a white dragon sword uh Funko Pop signed by him. I have like some uh some eight by tens and stuff signed by him that were just personalized to me. Um, I actually did a power Rangers comic book with boom. Mm. Um, it's, uh, the green and white power ranger on both sides with Tommy in the center. And if you look, it's, um, the, his outfit, like his street clothes is divided based off of what he would wear as a white ranger and the green ranger. Um, I actually did that, and he helped me promote it, and so I have that signed and slapped. So um, those are those are cool things. I, I I appreciate things that are given to me. If that makes sense,
2: yeah, one hundred percent. So so Kanik, but before we uh, before we let you go for the evening, just uh, remind our listeners. Where can they find you on social media? Where can they find out about uh Major Bendy's and and uh you, you have an announcement coming up for for WrestleCon, right?
3: Yeah. Um so social media, Canic eighty-nine across all boards, um, all those things that the kids do, the TikTok and the Instagram and to Twitter. Um it's K-A-N-I-K eight nine. Um and then Major Bendies, you can purchase them at majorpodmerch.com. Um, we have Series 3 available. If you are a fan of Gangrel, I would jump on that right now. Because we're running down. Um, and same for Chelsea. Uh, and then we announced yesterday, WrestleCon. We have some really cool things happening once again we do not announce things until it ships um, but once again I'm going to just say it we do not announce things until it ships but we have things that we are announcing at live 2000 and we'll have them at for display possibly for purchase it's going to be a fun time it's exciting I think I think we're gonna shake the wrestling world uh, at WrestleCon.
2: Well, we'll be we'll be sure to cover it. Nice. You know, when when the news breaks, uh, you know, people will find it. Uh, you know, on, on our social media at AIC underscore podcast, and of course, uh, we'll put links to all of the the uh, the places that you just mentioned. So you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we have the major pod merch link in the show notes and everything, uh, as well as as your social handles. Canic, this was awesome, man. Thank you so much for, uh, for being on the pod and for, for telling us the, uh, the, the major bendy story. Thanks,
3: Thank you man. for having me. It's, it was a blast. Dave, you want to send us home?
1: Yeah. Um, listen to us on Monday and listen to the major pod on Friday.
2: Thank you, dear listener for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes.
1: Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future
0: episode. Don't try this at home. where prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours